Welcome to Gather in Christ. I'm Andrea Lindsay, and today I'm without a companion, but I have important news. For those of you that are following us every month, you know that we love to talk about the prophets' challenges to the people and how to incorporate that into your life. And we have been able to have some amazing guests, and I have a couple new podcasts in the works that we're doing on that. But I, th- I think we need to explain a redirect and a shift that is happening in the podcast and I'm so thankful for all the work and the effort and time and heart that Tiffany Brown has put into being our co-host but she is being pulled in a lot of directions right now. She is, as we speak, preparing her women's conference address and teaching seminary and she's was called and put into the young women's and so she is a busy busy lady on top of her mom job. So she is not seeing her ability to continue with this uh, podcast at this time. And so has challenged us to move forward. And I making it a matter of prayer, and it just feels right to do this next section that has kind of come up in, in a holding pattern. But I think it is the pattern where we're going to be talking to a lot of different people about how they have let God prevail in their lives. And I want to kind of launch how I have uh, really truly sought to let God prevail in some experiences that were difficult in shifting to that kind of mindset and today. And also just a plug for Institute. We both went back in different ways. I went back in a volunteer capacity and I teach Institute and do that once a week at this time and it's a lot of fun and I had a whole semester of getting back into the swing of things and working with these young single adults and they are incredible people. I, I have to tell you, they it's like picking up a bunch of new friends that are cool and I really like it. They are, they are a lot of fun to spend time with. Their thoughts are incredible and I love the Institute Program of the Church and how it's it's going. You know, we started with this podcast idea because of a lunch group we started during the pandemic. We we got together just once a month with seminary and institute teachers that, you know, because we're a different breed. We, we, they're, they're, we just talk different. We act different. And um, um, to provide that kind of camaraderie for each other, you know, we just started this this little group. And, and it's interesting because each person that we were working with are now off doing incredible things in their lives. And they the Lord has directed them into the path that that he most needs their skills and abilities. And it is awesome that we got that time together. I think it's really special that we had as much time as we did before we had to break out on our separate paths. And <laughs> and so I, I'm happy to still be doing this podcast because I really feel like... Um, the feedback I've been getting from listeners is is good, and we need to keep going with this and keep encouraging each other on the path of letting God prevail in our lives. I never intended to teach seminary and institute. It was never in my plan. I wasn't 
awesome at getting involved in high school. I struggled a lot with anxiety and I mostly just found a lot of comfort in being at home. I just like being at home. So going on a mission was hard. Going to college was hard. Living on my own until I was 36 was hard. And and But really I feel like that was the path that the Lord was leading me on to get rid of, you know, my natural tendencies, my natural woman tendencies to to want to be a recluse and not do anything <laughs> because home was peaceful and thank goodness it was and thank goodness I had a home that that felt um, like I could um, shut the world out and just be at peace and I loved growing up in the country I loved growing up next to grandparents and I just truly loved that environment and moving away and, and doing the mission, it really helped me connect to like different parts of myself that I didn't know were there. And, and they had to come out in order to thrive alone and um, doing careers and schooling and, and finding out more about myself. So I want to talk a little bit about um, the Seminary and Institute program of the church. If you send your kid to a college that already incorporates religious education into their curriculum, like BYUI, um, BYU-Hawaii, Pathway, LDS College, what do they call that now? Uh, Ensign College. Those places are just it's incorporated. They're going to have that in their curriculum, and it's fantastic. Uh, great, great to be a part of. But the Institute program is given so that students all over the United States and outside of the United States have the opportunity to have what BYU students and and those organizations have, which is to balance the education that you're getting with the higher education of the spirit and to make sure that we're incorporating what we're learning and not putting ending points where God is still continuing to reveal things. I, You look at some of the things, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by Philo T. Farnsworth. I mean, here he is, this kid. He's um, in Rigby, Idaho. You know, they have the museum that's dedicated to him uh, because he invented the television. And he is this member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he gets this inspiration and all of a sudden television is born. And I, those are not accidents that these are coming to people that are have the gift of the Holy Ghost. They want to do the things that the Lord has put them on the earth to do. And they're being led and directed into those ways. And it's incredible um, to get that kind of education for anywhere, anywhere that you live, any university that you are attending will have um, institute and stake institute and, and things to supplement. So maybe you're not going to school, maybe you're just working. And um, that is where I am volunteering right now is in a stake institute. And they they cover an institute is for anyone ages 18 to 31. And if you check, a lot of um, stakes are now offering uh, adult religion classes. Sometimes the institute-based curriculum in them, fantastic, get involved. These are incredible things to be a part of and to increase your increase your gospel understanding. It's always fun to, to interact with others and build friendships and, and hear from inspired teachers. It's great. So I encourage everybody to just continue on your gospel scholarship. It is so 
important that we are learning the things that are vital and eternal and unending. And I, back in, let's see, I was finishing up my master's degree in about 2008, 2009. I think it was 2000. <laughs> oh my goodness, the years start to blend. And I forget what, but anyway, early 2000s. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just put it there. I, I was finishing up that um, master's degree, which I did a history of the curriculum of the young women of the church from the beginning of the church until that present time. And I was analyzing the doctrinal, um, the way that they taught the basic doctrines of the church, like the Godhead, priest and priestic keys, um, the atonement of the Savior, Jesus Christ, plan of salvation. You know the, you know the list. You can Google it and go, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints basic doctrines, and it'll come up basic doctrines list, which is fantastic because if there's one thing to begin our gospel scholarship with, it is the foundational things. And uh, when I was wrapping up with that master's program, they were talking about these new courses that they were going to be offering in Institute and they um, sounded really exciting to me to teach. And I was, ooh, get my hands on that stuff. I think this is going to be, they call these cornerstone courses. And these cornerstone courses were really attractive to me because I was into basic doctrine. I was into how it related to our life. And it was kind of like my thing that I loved to teach. I just felt the energy of the spirit in those areas. And I was, I was thrilled with the idea that this was going to be offered to everybody in addition to all the scriptural courses. So Institute Now is not your grandma's institute. Okay. Institute Now has really changed. It is, there are so many courses that are offered and there are so many things that the church is doing to try and help with with the combating the difficulties of our climate now. And so don't don't think that you know what institutes about if you haven't seen it recently. It is constantly changing. I was um a volunteer like 4 years ago and then during the pandemic and a little bit before the pandemic I felt the need to um, serve in my home ward and um, I accepted some positions there that made it impossible to do both assignments because it's a, considered a church calling when you're a volunteer. And so I was out of institute for four years and helping during the pandemic at my husband's medical clinic. And and I, so it, going back to it, even in the four years, I was so impressed with all of the changes and the improvements and every, the direction that the the church is going. And of course, the church board of education is, this is awesome leadership, okay, that controls what's going on and the changes that are happening. But um, the cornerstone courses were added back then. So off of my tangent and my oh, I love the Institute. Uh, but uh, Jesus Christ and the Everlasting Gospel, oh my goodness amazing course. The next one at uh, the eternal family of course incredible how to how to like navigate some of the difficulties surrounding family issues and how to center your family on Christ is great great course. And then foundations of the restoration uh it's honestly uh such a good course and you know our prophet uh, today president Russell M Nelson he is really trying to help us understand that this is an ongoing restoration. I think 
we sometimes limited the restoration to what Joseph Smith did in the 1800s when we have had so much growth and change since then. And all the prophets that have been inspired by the Lord have been making significant changes that visiting, teaching, and home teaching to ministering. I mean, that alone was a huge shift in the church. And I think we're breaking away from cultural norms where we are a worldwide organization and now we're going into hey this is this is fantastic this is this is incredible and we're going to be able to make a difference in the world if we're willing to stand out in these ways and and just minister. Okay, so then um teachings of the doctrine and doctrines of the Book of Mormon. This is just it gets down to the Really, really great stuff. And so these courses were being offered, and I I was like so excited because I wanted to teach them. And then my life changed. Letting God prevail in my life meant I was going to be leaving seminary and institute without ever teaching these courses. And I'm, I'm admittedly, I was kind of discouraged about it. I was a little bit sad about it, but but I was so happy with the prospect of um, having a family and um, being able to, and at the time the policy was that um, when you had a, a minor child that you, your contract ended with the, with the seminary and institute program. And so when my son was born, that was my last official day with the church and in teaching full time, which I was grateful for. I mean, I had this brand new baby and I had a husband and I had great older sons and I had this opportunity to just like cook food. I, I was <laughs> unleashed. I finally had a family I could cook for. And I know that may sound funny, but I grew up cooking. My mom would leave me a list of like, like what was for dinner, the ingredients that I needed and stuff. And she was teaching piano in the living room and I was cooking dinner. And because <laughs> I wanted to eat on time. And so <laughs> I was motivated <laughs> to help out with dinner. Plus, I loved it. I loved cooking. And so when I, I got this family now, finally, I was like, I was into cooking and I mean into it. I, I just wanted to do everything to like feed my family. And um, they were very gracious and they were all boys and so they ate the food. And it was it was good, good bonding times. I continued to teach in the EFY and Education Week and um, found that to be a really rich, rewarding thing I had prepared in such a way in my career that when I left full-time, I would still be working in a part-time way, very part-time, very limited, because, I mean, EFY was just a couple days here and there throughout the summer. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. And Education Week, of course, we all know about, right? So I, I did those two things, and it really helped to have an outlet, to have something to prepare for, and to keep my mind active, but I started a blog um, at the request of some of my nieces, uh, just like, how do we do food storage? And so I started doing those things. So I kept writing online, teaching online, and also doing this summer kind of courses, which was fantastic, really was fantastic. But I was getting ready to move, and we were getting ready to build a home, and I, during that transition time, it was like, I had another opportunity to teach Volunteer Institute, and I was like, what? There's a chance I could teach these courses that I have always wanted to get my hands on. I 
really wanted to teach those like years ago. So this would be fantastic. An institute was awesome to work with. Every time I finished a course, the first course I taught was um, Teachings of the Living Prophets, which I had taught at UVU Institute as well. And and so I'm like, oh, I can do that. I've already taught that. And, and so they were like, okay. And they were so kind to just let me kind of dive in. And then semester after semester, I would just ask to teach the next course you know like can I teach these new core classes and they were like oh, absolutely absolutely and so I just switched and each semester I had a different core class and when I was finished with these core classes was when I got the prompting that I needed to um, go back and serve in my home ward and so I was like okay so I I left the institute kind of reluctantly again but in letting God prevail we have to like be willing to follow that direction even if it doesn't make sense even if we're really happy with the direction the only way to stay happy is to stay following the spirit and and the spirit was leading me to a different avenue and I was like okay okay so I I went home I'm I served as a as a teacher in the Sunday school and I served in the Release Society presidency during the pandemic and then again I get this feeling like you're in the wrong place you're doing the wrong thing and I'm like I'm trying to do the right thing here <laughs> but I kind of felt unsettled and I as I was prayerful about it and kind of talked to people at the institute I realized that there was a need again and uh, within just a few days of talking to the institute I had a an assignment and I have been teaching now for another semester another new course and the, there are courses that are offered in different areas that have been designed specifically to the needs of the area and that is one of the courses that I'm teaching right now which is uh, emotional and mental health in the gospel and I have had a wonderful time uh, linking those kinds of principles in with the the doctrine of the church and following the prophet and it's been super fun to um make meaningful connections with the young adults of the church and so if you have not been involved in institute um recently you have not seen some of these amazing changes and what what is going on and these courses are life changing each and every time that I was teaching these courses, I just felt the spirit so strong. And I knew that the direction of the church is really for the health and salvation of, of its future, which is the, the young adults and the youth and institute encouraging your adult children to be a part of this system is probably one of the best things you can do with your time because the the impact is eternal these are eternal concepts and and taking them along with your courses of study helps you to keep in mind what truly matters and not grow too far in one direction without neglecting the spiritual aspects of our of our being we we are spiritual beings and we need to be spiritually fed and um, daily scripture study fantastic uh, you know, making that regular temple appointment as the prophet has encouraged us to do, incredibly important. And I feel like adding institute to that is just adding greater ammo against the adversary. And, and what they're trying to do there is just incredible. So 
I would look into your local areas. I would ask around, uh, ask stake leaders what is available in your area and then get involved as, as you're able. If, if you're not able to get in an organized class, you have in your gospel library app, you have all of our material. Like it is so cool that you can at a touch of a button have a library that is stinking heavy to carry around let me tell you because I have it and I've been carrying it around my husband is seriously we have to keep all these manuals and I'm like absolutely are you know what is in this this is and of course of course it's still in my basement in a box because we haven't completely moved in yet we uh you have it at the touch of a button and it is so you can just read through some of those courses and decide which one you want to read about. If you're the kind of person that does better in a class setting, find out what's offered. And if you're out of the age of the adults, the young adults, then see what's offered in your stake. A lot of times they have these adult religion courses that that are just so good for those that are wanting to increase their gospel scholarship but kind of need the classroom environment and the testimony of others to make an impact and the kind of impact we need in our hearts so other other people love to just read and internalize it and and for you the gospel library app is perfect and then oh the media. Okay, like one of the things that I was really trying to do as a seminary teacher was collect all the media because back in the day when I was working, it was the seminary teachers had these cool videos that nobody else got and you could only see them in seminary. And then everybody else had, you know, just the standard stuff that the church was producing, but it all aligned towards the end of my career. And so the church of course, started paying for all of these amazing, all the Book of Mormon videos, the Bible videos, and they're doing these awesome productions, great actors. And I was just teaching Institute last night and um, sent out like an email with all of the links for some of these life helps that are just incredible, that are right there in the Gospel Library and, and His grace and His work and how how it affects us. And, and so different people's experiences with that, you really, there is so much that is just at the touch of a button nowadays. And it's on our smartphones and we can, we can carry the Gospel Library app with us, but we can't carry that library. <laughs> it's way too way too heavy and we can have it on the planes while we're traveling and and why we're waiting and we can and I'm not saying to like neglect the people around us because I think people are the most important thing but when we have those moments of a quiet reflection we can use that to uh, just connect with heaven a little bit more well I want to get to a couple stories as you can see I have no problem talking and we're already in like 20 minutes I do miss going back and forth and so that's why we're going to continue with letting God prevail and having guests and I'm really excited for our next two guests that are coming on. You are gonna love it. I mean it is so fun to learn from others and their experiences and I never get tired, never get bored because everybody's experience is so unique and as as I'm thinking about letting God prevail, I told you and I admitted in the beginning that this was never my intent 
to um, teach in the Seminary Institute program. It wasn't even in my wheelhouse. Didn't desire it one bit. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have like five kids. And I wanted to be an at-home mom. That was like my dream. That, that was what I wanted. But letting God prevail in my life meant these were not going to happen in the order that I wanted. I was going to be stretched out of my comfort zone. And I was going to do things that was important for my spiritual growth. But also because, you know, before we came to earth, we made promises. And we, we, we promised the Lord that we would accomplish his work here, that we would listen to him that we would keep the commandments, and then we forgot everything. Okay, so we go through the veil, and we've forgotten all those promises that we made. And so I would have these little epiphany moments, like awakenings, where my soul was like, oh, this is something I promised to do. This isn't This isn't just me being like, um, I want to be a part of something that's cool, and I want to look good on a resume. This is, oh, I promised to do this. Um... I need to keep my promise. And I and I had to grow out of this wanting to just kind of be by myself and, and be willing to courageously accept where the Spirit was prompting me to go. And education stuff was always difficult for me. I had to get a lot of help. I was, you know, in the resource center, the student resource center, trying to get like tutoring help for some of my classes that were difficult for me. And I was always working with teachers trying to get... A, a grasp on how I could study better, what I could do to prepare a little bit better for examinations. And uh, school was hard. School's really hard. And then I went from doing that to being like getting prompted to go and do a master's degree that was in my weakness. I mean, reading and writing intensive course. And I had always struggled. I mean, I had been tutored grade school on in in like reading and reading comprehension and and so this was this was not going to be something that I would do on my own you know I had to be prompted into those areas but I really did choose when I was doing my master's like I had grown enough I had experienced enough of the Lord's help and direction in my undergraduate to trust that he would help me through anything and he would make my weakness a strength. You know, the scriptures say if you have a weakness, bring it to the Lord and he will make weak things become strong to you. And I think that, you know, that's that's really what he did for me is to make weak things strong. And I'm so thankful, so thankful for that. Um, we, I had the opportunity um, when I was going to school to, to also teach at the MTC and that increased my my readiness and my ability to get into seminary and institute which I too felt was like a, a spiritual nudge and a promise that I had made to that these these young people in the church mattered and the promises whatever they were that I made in the premortal world to be of service and help to them during their times of seeking to gain a testimony and become fully converted, I needed to keep those promises. And um, so there was just like an internal nudge. It wasn't like I was told, this is what you're supposed to do and you need to do it. It was just kind of like an in internal nudge and a good feeling. And so I followed that feeling and it wasn't like it was an easy path. But in order to be 
um, hired as a seminary teacher, you go through a grueling process, which which you you have to first pass um, teaching in front of your class, be selected to go and student teach in a classroom for a week or so, and then you're taken into a semester kind of teaching where they select who is going to be interviewed and who is uh, going and whoever passes the interview then gets to be on the list for hire and then the church board of education and interviews with general authorities have to approve you i mean it is a list of of things that you have to do to become a seminary institute teacher but i felt supported and strengthened through that process and then uh felt the challenge of dealing with this career that you know really was a, an awesome thing, but wasn't my greatest heart desire. So I was always having to put my greatest heart's desire on the back burner and put this one on the front burner. And I would get blessings when things were particularly difficult. And I think bl priesthood blessings are such a tender mercy and such a way f for the Lord to like communicate with us and to lift us when things get really difficult. Uh, there were there were challenges, and there was a challenge to being a female um, teacher in a in a male dominated career. And when those challenges got really heavy, a priest of blessing would always help me clear the fog and help to see that you know this this can be this can be a great thing. And we we just need to focus on the things that really matter, which are the youth. The youth of the church matter, and teaching them about the Savior matters. And not a whole lot else did. And I was promised that if I put that on the front burner, the Lord would take care of the stuff I put on the back burner. And he did. He kept his end of the bargain. And, and while letting God prevail in my life has looked differently since being married and having a family, it it still is something that needs to be done and curbing our natural tendencies to maybe not say anything. You know, who doesn't love our apostles and prophets? They're, I mean, they're really, really great people and they just want to serve the Lord and they have great inspiring messages. They're, they're awesome. But President Uchtdorf, I think it was President Uchtdorf when he said this, it's always been difficult because when they say it, you want to see their proper title of what they were serving as at the time. But he was talking about our need to like share the gospel and share the gospel online. And, and I was kind of, I didn't want to be in people's face about the gospel. I didn't want even though I, I had been on a mission, I had taught seminary and institute, in certain settings, I didn't want to bring up the gospel. You know, like I just wanted to kind of let people do their thing, be respectful of it. And I didn't want to say things to upset the apple cart, to use an old phrase, you know, and, and to cause contention. Because a lot of times religious discussion is contentious. Let's just face it, in our world today, where we believe really strongly about what we believe in, and they believe very strongly about what they believe in, it can it can be a, a clash of the titans, and I am not the kind of person that likes confrontations. So that was a hard thing to hear that we need to start, you know, like sharing the gospel, do, doing more. And then um, to follow up, you know, the prophet asked us to use the name of the Savior, the proper name of the church, and then to speak about the Savior more frequently. And so you add that one onto this one, and it's just like, what What am I doing with my 
my education with with my testimony that's helping others and I could honestly say that I needed to up my game and I needed to do more because I needed to make it part of just who I was and not just like I'm going to teach institute when I'm at institute and I'm going to teach church when I'm at church and I'm going to teach come follow me when I'm with my family but I'm going to just talk about this all the time and it had to to switch to that and and it wasn't it was unnatural I had friends that were not members of the church and I started talking more to them and it was really bonding experiences. I talked to one um, that we were just talking about, you know, like the Christian faith and all the Abrahamic faiths, you know, as well, you know, just people that believe in God, like we need to be joining together and we don't have time to fight among ourselves anymore. The world needs us to join forces to bless them. And, and she agreed, or was at least respectful and didn't disagree, you know, that we really do need to stop fighting among ourselves. Like, yeah, so we believe one thing, um, you believe another thing, but we believe in a God that wants us to be our best selves. And can't we just agree that we can do that and it may look differently? And we just need to do what's in our hearts. And that kind of opening up the conversation led to like several conversations. And I've been very surprised how open I've been been with this. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and let's start a podcast. And let's like talk about the gospel to all these people that we may not even know. And because God knows them and we know that he will prompt us in what to say. And so <laughs> I was very nervous for our first podcast. I remember being kind of uh, like trembly shaky and saying a prayer that we'd be able to say the things that people would need. And and we began every podcast like that, just saying a prayer, saying, and we did not coordinate. We, we really did very minimal preparation and coordination. And it just, we, of course, had years of preparation of teaching the gospel and we were teaching it every day with our families. But but we really tried to just follow the spirit in what we were talking about and 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 how we were supporting the prophet and his his efforts to get us ready for the second coming of the savior Jesus Christ and enjoyed every bit of working with Tiffany and now we're going in this new direction and I'm excited about that I'm excited to be able to talk to others and learn from others and I believe if I had time, I would interview the whole world and everybody that has become a believer and let go letting God prevail in their lives could tell us something fantastic, could tell us about a life change that was hard. And, and so we'll be finding them. We're going to be finding them and we're going to be sharing with you their stories and um, teaching more from what the prophet's talking about and emphasizing those basic doctrinal principles that if our our faith is rooted in, it's the the promise in Helaman 5.12, like if we're built on the rock, which is our Savior Jesus Christ, He's the rock. He's who we build on. If we do this, then that is letting God prevail in our lives. And that is the kind of testimony and the kind of conversion path that we need to be on so that when the hills come and the mighty winds and the temptations of the world try and take us down that 
that nothing will be able to overcome us because Jesus Christ has the power to rise, help us rise above all of our difficulties. I look at what changes happened in our in our little family during the pandemic and the preparations. And my family did not ever stop. I mean, we did not have the luxury of ever even being at home during the pandemic. We were like first line defenders. So, you know, we were we were taking care of people during that time. And I remember the blessing that the prophet extended to the caregivers. And I remember feeling the adjustment in me, the health improve, because I had been hit hard. I was working in the pandemic and had already had a really bad case of COVID in the beginning before the shutdown. And, and I, I was dealing with post-COVID not knowing what it was. And I was working oh, exhausting hours. And I was doing my son's education, and uh, we were running the farm, and there was no breaks. And I was serving in the Relief Society presidency, and I, I think about that and how the Lord never left. He was always there, supporting, helping, helping me, strengthening me, and giving me the power to overcome the obstacles that were constantly being placed in our path. And I'm not any different than anybody else. I am not more valuable than another human being. Like we are all children of a loving Heavenly Father. So that means if He did that for me, He's going to do that for you. He loves you infinitely and whatever personal struggles whatever family struggles whatever society's struggles are he's there and he may have lived on this earth a long time ago but he has never left it he had to leave physically his presence but he never left his influence is always with us and through the gift and power of the Holy Ghost, great things are happening. And we can be part of this work, part of the preparation of his return, if we will just let God prevail. Do the hard thing. Maybe the hard thing is getting up early enough to get our scripture study in before our crazy day happens. Maybe the hard is setting a temple appointment with the Lord and keeping it. Maybe the heart is getting in a routine of come follow me and just, yeah, we may not be the best teachers, but we just start and, and we let the Lord help us become better teachers. And maybe the heart is following the prompting that our child needs so that we can, we can help be the help that really, truly is our blessing to be for them. And I don't know. I don't know what the prompting that you're getting is. Maybe it's that you're, you've are you got to move. We had that one um, several years back, and it was a, a hard move. There was nothing simple about this move. It was hard from start to finish, and we still haven't finished, and we're years 
in our area, like, because we had to move during, well, and then we had this clinic during the pandemic times. And so it was, we just, we just had a lot to do. And so I, I hope that as we, we, uh, work towards whatever that courageous step is, that we let God prevail in our lives, that we gather in Christ with other believers and we do good things in our community and we build bridges with people of other faith that that are doing good things. I I love that the church is emphasizing that we're not the only ones that are part of this great work and that the Lord's children, he's gathering them and he's gathering them home. I look forward to seeing you next time or at least being able to talk to you. <laughs> And know that the Lord sees you and he knows your needs and he loves you and he'll get you the help. You've, you've got abilities and he needs you to use them so that he can extend that help to you.